0: Right, I am with Dumisani Chavalala. Welcome, Dumisani Chavalala. Uh,
1: uh Thank you. Um. Thank you, Zay.
0: Um. Yeah. Dumisani Chavalala is um, a, um, former classmate in uh, primary school, and um, you never know that uh, your 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 path. Who would have thought that our paths would just cross again? After, I mean, over 20 years or whatever. But um I'm actually glad to see you as well. And uh, having to chat about uh, grown men business. <laughs> 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 Hence our conversation before of um how it was in, in uh, primary school and all the stuff. Or maybe just to, maybe we can just start on our primary school. How was it uh, being in a boarding school for you?
1: Okay, no, thanks a lot. Um I think... My boarding school was a different story from yours because you joined a bit later. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I started uh, grade uh, one in boarding school. So, if I remember correctly, I think in grade when I was doing grade seven, I was the oldest person in the school that, 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 that came there. Really, yes, I was it was me who came before everyone before was, everyone, sure. Because I went to St. Scholastica in 2000. Mm-hmm. So, by the time most of the people that came, I think from grade six. I, I think I was the first person to be there.
0: Nice. I think it's a cool story. Um, so, how was it there? <laughs>
1: so, the funny thing is that the, the, my parents, I didn't even know I'm going to by boarding school. So, they decided their own decision and not, no, they say no, I was sure. sending you to a nice school and so on. So, it was very interesting. So, I went there, but as soon as they left, oh. It was terrible because yeah. I miss home now because sure, you, sure, all of a sudden you need to be an adult there because mm-hmm. now you need to be able to polish your shoes, <laughs> uh, yeah. comb your hair, and so on and so on. Sure, Make your bed. But uh, it helps you grow mm. from a young age because you become independent at a very young age because mm. you don't have a mother there with you. And uh, by grade three, you are fully independent. Mm. And um, yeah... That's my experience, that it, it is good. But if you were to ask me if I'll do that to my children, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Uh, would, wouldn't you consider a different um, boarding school or you just won't give them that ex- exercise? I'm mean, like Because uh, the facilities, I don't think they were great. Uh, the facilities of where we, we were.
1: No, I think my issue is that at a young age, that's where children develop... Um, develop uh, affectionate mindset. to be affectionate with okay. their parents and so on and so oh, on. That's sure, why sure. we grew to see other people that are affectionate with their parents uh, they are comfortable to hug their parents and so on and so on. Oh, sure, it's because sure. they grew up at, in a, at, at a loving phase where they were at home after school, you go back sure. to your parents oh, sure, sure. so I think at a young age a child should be at home and then if you want to 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 take them to boarding school, take them at a Later age, 12, 13, there when they are more matured than young children. Oh, a sure seven sure. year old basically still needs their parents' love. So.
0: I, I think uh, I kind of like understand what you mean because you're saying that you went there a bit uh, very early. Pretty so, already, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it makes sense why you're saying that in your point of view because, uh, in a sense, you would feel like you because, like, in my mind already, I had already put a blanket statement. Okay, this is probably how we all feel, but. When you bring that perspective, it makes it easier for me to understand oh, yeah, this is why probably you would say that you wouldn't do that. And it's which is right, I agree with you in a sense that um, it would only make sense to take your children in boarding school maybe in a later stage when you've already uh, groomed them in terms of what the morals and all the things that they want. Um, I think that's that's very cool. Um, Most of the time, I actually spend a lot of time doing catch up. On the podcast. (laughs) So maybe we can just get to the gist of it and just um, introduce yourself, what you do, and then we can just get into it.
1: Okay, no, thanks. Um, Yeah, good evening again. Um, My name is Tumisani Chavalala. Yeah, I'm from Limpopo. Uh, I grew up from a small village called Madombija. That is uh, just like 10, 11 kilometers from West And. uh, Yeah, West End, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's what they yeah. call Western. one side, yeah. Sure. And then from there, I went to St. Scholastica, as I've already explained, that I started boarding school from grade one. So uh, after that, in grade, um, grade eight, I went to Pulukwani. I studied there for a year, and then I went back home where I studied until uh, grade 12. It was very nice in, uh, to study in a normal school. And uh, because the results there, even my academic results really improved mm. because there's also that pleasure of saying, hey, you're from boarding school. You need to mm. punish these people. Man. <laughs> 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 they need sure. to respect you. Sure, sure. So yeah, until grade um, uh, 12, I studied there. So in grade nine, I fell in love with accounting. So that's what then drove me that up to my matric, I decided that uh, after I will go and study uh, Bachelor of Accounting mm-hmm. at uh, the <coughs> un, sorry <coughs> University of Johannesburg. The funny thing that is there is that I only applied to one university, because mm. my brother studied there at UJ, so I was like, I'm going to UJ. Sure, sure. So if I can't get to UJ, I'll go and uh, bridge and uh, until I get there. Okay,
0: sure, sure, sure. So yeah.
1: Fortunately for me, it worked out. I wouldn't advise uh, someone else to do it because yeah, it's, yeah, it was a, it's risk. a high stake. High yeah. stake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I went to UJ. I studied there for three years. After graduation, I then joined the office of the Auditor General. So the office of the Auditor General is the it's a Chapter Nine institution. If um, I would explain, it's more like Public Protector office. Mm-hmm. But for auditor general, is that they audit all government entities, department, and municipalities. Sure. So yeah, from there I worked there for a couple of years, and then after that's when I joined one of the um, government uh, 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 entities, which is where I am now. So mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Awesome. Uh, I think I like I like. Uh, I, I was about to 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 like um, interject that that okay since so like this guy's just giving me all the information but I think I like the fact that you started with the auditor general so maybe before we get to the auditor general let's talk about how is it to study at UJ and how did you chop yourself up and how was it like just explain your experience in in, in UJ okay Starting so from first I year, think yeah
1: I think my experience adversity was um, actually nice because it was never really challenging uh, period because I think I've been independent from, as I've explained, from a young yes. age. Yeah. And I've got a parents that are not really micro-parenting and so on. So they let you have space and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. And make your mistakes and then grow for th- from them. Mm-hmm. So when I go to varsity, it was not something new for me to be independent, independent where I'll get yeah, out sure. of... Route, I knew that you, you, you play and then you also focus on important yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So I managed there uh, at um, UJ. We'll do all these things that uh, young people do go drink and so on and so on, but sure. you just need to, to balance between uh, your studying and play. and play and work. Yeah. yeah, play and work. So you need to sure. do work life balance kind of thing. Sure. So it was very, very, very nice period. I made good friends that became life friends and so on and yeah. so on. If I've got problems, I can talk to them. And we've given each other opportunities and so on. Mm-hmm. And some of them, fortunately, I ended up working with them uh, at the at the, at the Auditor General and so on. As much as mm-hmm. I, most of them, I, because I left early at UJ. So I also opened up uh, for them. Does, yeah.
0: does that mean that you finished the record time? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely I finished yeah, uh, uh, the degree in the record time. Oh, that's
0: actually beautiful. Um, maybe I'll just I'll just stick on that as well. So you can just tell me your principles, what you were doing, uh, because uh, uh, let me expose myself. I didn't finish the record time. <laughs> so um, I, don't want, I don't want to make this story about me, but I didn't finish record time. And there was things that I was doing which couldn't add up to what you, uh, to finishing early. Right. So, but for now, this is not about me. So, I just want you to tell me, like, how did you, how were you managing your time? Maybe in detail, what were the things that you were doing? Um, so that at least it can help someone who's uh, who's doing a bachelor in accounting. Uh, maybe they can just use the same principles that we're using. Okay.
1: Now, thanks. So basically, I know that uh, uh, not all shoes will um, basically fit everyone. Mm. But uh, for me, I think time management is what's important. Sure. So what I used to do is that from Monday to Thursday, I'll be in the library. I used to sleep there most of the days Mm. because I'm a night person, not a day person. Oh, I see. So during the day, I get too distracted quickly. So I wouldn't really study during the day. I would be just going all over. But at night, that's when I become active. So yeah, I'll basically make sure that I study from Monday to Thursday. Like uh, hard, I go hard on studying there, mm. then no I know compromise. From Friday to Sunday, mm. it's my time. then I go party, yeah. do all those things, but I know that I can't then miss the Monday to Thursday routine. That is all year round until the year is over. So I think that's what worked. and uh, one interesting thing, in my first year, I was not staying at rest okay I was, play- I was staying at some place. people in Jovek might know it. I used to stay at uh, maristen hotel.
0: I think I, <laughs> I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the place where downstairs there they they sell um, cow it's head?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. I think I once went there uh, with a friend of mine.
1: Yeah. yeah. So the that that so it's a hotel that turned into that they turned into a res. So in our years, I know now they closed it. So at the at the bottom there there was a bar in okay, the pool area. Sure. So sure. Basically, alcohol is there, so it's up to you whether you study or not. So, mm. I used to pass there every day, but know that, okay, it's during the week, now I need to study. And then Friday, you know that ziyakala, and then, yeah, we're <laughs> sure. we good to go. So, I think the takeaway from that is that time management is what's important. Mm. Mm. If I can tell you, if you are capable of being um, admitted to whatever qualification that uh, you are studying... It means that based on the assessment of the university, they are, they are saying that you are capable of uh, finishing that degree in the set times and so on and so on. Sure. It is just now up to you how you manage your time to be able to to finish uh, your, your degree. Because uh, there are people that pass well in metric but go struggle in varsity. Not because they are dumb, but maybe it's because of poor time management. So I'll say the most important thing is time management the other motivations uh, i will be lying to you
0: so. <laughs> i think that's that's beautiful um and then what informed your self discipline that i and I understand you're talking about time management but what informed that self discipline to stick to monday to 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 thursday
1: okay so for me even in high school i didn't really stay much with my parents so i would most of the time be home alone and so on so I think it's a routine that didn't really change because it's a strategy that I've applied it even from uh, uh, um, high school days. So it's something that for me came naturally. It's not something that I say, I set and say, this is how it should be done. I just thought it was common sense that mm. in order to balance the two, I need to do uh, 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 this.
0: Mm, great. Then um, then you finish your your, your time in, uh, in UJ. Um, the do you, is it the same thing where because I, I don't know how universities work. Because I was I was in the University of Technology, okay. When you finish, you just either you, with your diploma, you just go, or you could continue with B.Tech. So, when you're done with uh accounting, do you now do honors as well?
1: Or so, so basically, if you look at it, so there's uh, in 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 traditional mm-hmm. universities, they'll have a diploma. And then they'll have a degree, and then the degree is equivalent to a BTEC. Mm. And then there's honors. So for me, after a degree, I left. And then I attempted at UNISA. Oh, <laughs> you know, starting working, hey, the discipline was out of the window now because sure. there's that little money that you're getting <laughs> and so on and so on. Sure, Th- sure. Things went um, south and so on on the study. So mm. at some point, I decided let me take a break. Sure. And uh, at some point when my brains are back and my focus is uh, in place, I will go back. Mm-hmm. And uh, which yeah, I have decided that um, I, I'm I'm back now. I'm uh, doing something, and yeah, then, okay. Um, I'm also considering uh, doing a, a second uh, degree from first year, but yeah, it's something that now the focus is there. The, um, Young professional thing, it's getting out now. I'm just just—I'm just trying to focus now,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, would, do you mind disclosing what you want to do or something that you're just keeping it in the pipelines
1: for yourself? Nah, I think there's nothing really hectic. But, yeah, the work that I do, being in the procurement space and contract management, so basically it means that I work with laws and so on most of the time. So I thought... Clearly, uh, uh, I can do well if I go to my LLB and so on. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 so basically, uh, life and career uh, is driving me to towards the LLB. So that's why I want to do that.
0: Makes sense. Because uh, when I was doing my research procurement, uh, I was like, okay, this sounds like, because uh, when you told me it sounds like some auditing stuff. But when I'm, read, when I'm reading, I'm actually finding out there's, like, a lot of laws section, what, what, what. I'm like, okay, which one is which? Is is this law or is this ODT? <laughs> but it makes sense when you say that um, you want to do law because um, it seems as if you, in order to... This is an assumption, by the way. <laughs>
1: no, no, it's good, yeah.
0: Yeah, so which means that in order to do your work as a procurement contractor or agent, you need to kind of, like, know the laws of how
1: contracts and all these things work. Okay, so let me, um, so how uh, mine came about, how an accountant then become in such a space where you deal with loss and so on. Sure. Um, it goes back to the office of the editor general. So what happens is that the office of the auditor general hires accountants slash auditors to be auditors. So, what you are required to audit when you are there, you audit the financial statement, how the financial statement are prepared, and so on and so on, whether they're in line with the uh, uh, acceptable standard, whatever that is applicable, whether IFRS and whatever that is their grab. What is ifres? Ifres is just an accounting uh, um, jargon, a body that uh, regulates okay, the, the, okay. The, the, the standard, so mm-hmm. it's like. It's a framework that guides how financial statements should be prepared, so sure. that for to for, be able to be tracked back for standard for comparability, so that it doesn't matter which entity you are in, the users should be able to read the financial oh, statement. I see. Yes, yes. Because yes. if I just go and present my own thing there, my own thing there, yeah. it will be difficult to compare apples with apples. Sure. So sure. That, yeah, that, that that is basically that, and then. So, in Auditor General, there are three phases. You audit that for financial statement, and then the second thing, you audit the performance information that they record. So, it's service delivery kind of environment where they say, I'll deliver 10 houses. Then you go check. When they report, they need to report how many houses they delivered. Then you check whether they achieved those 10 houses. If they didn't achieve, then that's when you'll say that department is struggling. And then the third thing that you do is uh, you then audit compliance with laws and regulations. And that is where SCM come in. So you need to ne- then go now and say, did they comply with SCM regulations when they spend the money that was there? So when you go S- there... S- SCM meaning... Supply chain uh, management. Okay, okay. So that is procurement. So sure. you go there, that's when now you need to go as an auditor to then answer that question of saying, did this entity comply with laws and regulations? Then you need to go there and check... Yes, a uh, contract that is there. It was to say they are going to buy uh, tables. Did they then follow the laws that regulates how the government money should be spent? Then when you go there, you go there, you say, no, they didn't take out a tender. This process doesn't comply with the um, Section 27 principles fairness, competitive, because they just approached one person. So that's when you go there, you say, no, they didn't follow that's when you come and say, no, it's regular because it's not in line with the laws and um, regulation. When you go then report, you say, no, that entity didn't comply with laws and regulation. Mm. So that's how it become about. So you you, you do that for quite a number of years, you end up understanding Mm. those laws that are specific to that. Mm. And then Uh, Fast forward later, when there are, for example, vacancies on the other side, it means that you are capable of doing that work because you know what you need to comply to do that. So that's when we jump ship to the other side and then you start then doing the procurement on the other side and not an auditor. So that's when I said uh, in my other life when I was still an auditor until I became on the other side. I
0: see. And then do you you get a lot of, um, because we're talking about government, right? Yeah um when i talk about corruption right on the side but for now do you get like a lot of situations where the stuff that are done which are irregular and then how do you compensate for those irregular irregular english
1: irregular expenditure right? I mean, yeah. yes yes so basically maybe let me just explain this so there are three main issues that happens when you look at the supply chain the main issue is irregular expenditure so the definition of irregular expenditure is that it's when there's an expenditure that was done not in line with laws and regulation. So it's when you spend money and you didn't comply with laws and regulation. It doesn't mean money was lost. So you went and bought uh, water there, but you didn't follow the um, required laws. So for example, you went to pay and bought that water, but in government they say you need to put out a tenant, everyone should come and give you a bid for that. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. So, if you didn't go, if you didn't then invite people to come, it would be regular expenditure. It doesn't okay. mean money was lost. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one that is uh, 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 the worst one is a uh, fruitless and wasteful expenditure. Okay. So, that's when by definition, you can hear that uh, yeah, they, they, uh, they fruitless and wasteful. So, basically, what it means is that it's an expenditure that was incurred in vain. So you didn't get any benefit from it as a result of your negligence. If you exercise due care, that you wouldn't have incurred that expenditure. This refers to, let's say, there's a conference in Joburg. You book flights for someone, and that someone decides not to pitch, and the flight money is lost. So basically, you have spent money, but you didn't receive anything in return. Mm-hmm. So you have wasted that money. Mm. So in that instance, normally uh, the first course is that you need to recover that money from that person. Okay. But there are instances where it's the same thing the person became sick and they couldn't fly. There was no negligence there. Therefore, what you do normally do in that instance, you then investigate and see that no, if the person was sick. They provided the certificates and so on and so on, and it was uh, on the day already. You, you wouldn't know whether you'll be sick tomorrow. And uh, there was no, no one's fault. Therefore, you normally write off those. But those ones where there's negligence, you then. Uh, decide that um, it should be recovered. Recovered, but um, ir- On irregular expenditure side, if there's no loss suffered, uh, you'll just have to normally do the consequence management issues to determine what was the reason, maybe someone is training and so on and so on, or if it was intentional and so on and so on, that's when you can introduce um, hectic measures.
0: Yeah, that sounds exciting. <laughs> um. I'm going to come back to the hectic, hectic measures. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the my idea when I hear auditing, right, I'm always seeing numbers, right? I'm thinking probably it's just, okay, guys, you guys are doing balance sheet and you're balancing the monies only. But it seems like you also manage how the work was done. And uh, was that a shocker to you or it was something which, because I, I feel like when I hear auditing, I always thought numbers, but it seems like you also manage how, like you were explaining how contracts are contracts are being put out there, the choosing of the people, like regulating all those stuff. Do you have an idea of how it's gonna be happening, or was kind of like shocked when you were doing it?
1: So auditing is um, it's an assurance process. Okay. So basically, assurance it's you giving a Second opinion or um, information, verification kind of thing to say, I'm happy with this information. Sure, uh, you can rely on it. So, banks generally will say, when you go there with your financial statement, we want audited ones because an auditor is independent, so it goes there and say, No, all these numbers that are here they represent the fair position of this entity. Sure, so in varsity. We already studied those things, oh, so it was them. not a shocker yeah, kind of yeah. environment. I already knew yeah, you what, you idea, yeah, what you need to do.
0: Gonna yeah. But when you're in varsity, were you shocked that this is what you're going to be dealing with?
1: Uh, not really. For, for me, I think it also goes with the personality that I have that I'm always curious, and then I'm that current affairs person, so I sure I follow. Things outside my, I don't really just stick to the book, so I'm normally aware of what is happening around. Mm. But I think the shocker maybe would have been from uh, high school, I didn't really understand really what auditors do. You mm-hmm. just see people in suits and so on, and sure. So on. You get to work there, they don't wear suits, auditors.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, oh, interesting. So, w- when it comes to the hectic measures, um when i was when i was finding out the apparently the sheriffs which, which are involved to making sure that things um, are done properly and w- what do you do what what is what is what is
1: an example of a hectic measure so there are two there are two things so uh a year or two ago there was um so basically the auditing that auditor general normally does is that it's regulated by public um, audit act. So it was amended to give them uh, power and teeth basically to them, ensure that whoever they are auditing actions the their the, the audit um, recommendations. So you will go there for example, you find that there was a bridge that was supposed to be built it was not built or it was built poorly. There will be recommendations to say this is the action that you should do. They will give the accounting officer of the that department the accounting officer is more like a ceo of the department to say no you need to implement consequence management to ensure that whoever was responsible uh, pays for this so it might be recovery it might be disciplinary action and so on and so on then you come back and that person said "Ah, auditors i don't know i'm not gonna do it then now they've been given power that they can come back and say, no, that person didn't take action. And therefore, uh, they can do other measures, for example, to attach their pension and so on and so on, that they need Mm. to cover it personally because they decided not to uh, do their job and uh, implement consequence management. So, yeah, those are the things that have been done, which is a good, positive uh, move.
0: Mm. I think before I get to this question, I will remember it. Uh, It's a very good question. Uh, maybe we can just get into the procurement side of things. I think where you ex- you explain auditing right right yes. now right, yeah. so let's get into the procurement. So um, I think you explain you go you said you were gonna explain why you left auditing to procurement. Like what what caused that that change?
1: No, uh, remember as I've told you that I, I audited for a couple of years, man. It's, sure, it's sure. Not for it's five years or something. Mm-hmm. So you. The procedures are the same. Sure. Just that different... Uh, you are looking at different information, but the procedures are the same. So it's like a cycle of doing almost the same the thing. Same thing, yeah. So at some point, you need to uh, uh, um, take a career growth uh, move and then go do something else. So so
0: that, that move, uh, the procurement side,
1: is something totally different. So... Or maybe or maybe you can just get into the procurement then. No, no. What, what happens is that It's not that it's different. As an auditor, you only look at a certain part. But once you are doing something uh, yourself, there's more details that you need to do, the smaller details. But as an auditor, you only tick certain boxes. When you're on the other side, you realize that there's a lot of things that I thought I knew, but I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there is um, a a gap that um, uh, auditors understand and the actual um, people do then that's when you then understand uh, their frustration when you are asking questions because they have a lot to do there it's not just the end product that happens there
0: okay so so now you you get into uh, procurement um, what do you do in the procurement uh, I, I think before I ask this question is why do they why are they called auditing generals?
1: So the reason it it's called Auditor general? general is because that's the supreme audit institution. So that's the biggest audit institution in the country. Okay. So that's why they call them Supreme um, uh, Audit Institution. So the big guys. <laughs> each and if not all countries have their own Supreme Audit Institution. They are generally called Auditor Generals. Mm-hmm. So it's like in other countries they'll call um, kind of the chief justice as... At uh, attorney general kind of environment. Oh, okay, That's sure, why sure. the chief justice is called chief justice because mm. that's the highest, highest uh, <laughs> judge in making. the country. Sure. So yeah. interesting
0: stuff. Um. So yeah. You, you, so getting into the pro the procurement. Um, what is it like? What do you What do you do there?
1: So basically, when you are in that space, you don't uh, really do specifications and stuff and determine. So what happens the process? of demand management starts from the project manager or someone who is in the line department will then uh, determine the need that, okay, you have got KPIs that uh, we're going to deliver one, two, three service and so on and so on. You identify that we are going to need to build a bridge somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that is the line person that needs to do, that has nothing to do with supply chain. So they will determine there they will know we need a bridge they will have more knowledge on how to build a bridge, they'll um, do a BOQ, bill of quantity to know to build a bridge, you need one, two, three, one, two, three. So, as a procurement and contract person, you need to go there and assist that project manager who might be an engineer to make sure they comply with relevant laws and regulations and the policy within the entity. So, what you basically do yourself is that you are more of an advisor in terms of ensuring that um, the project manager complies with all relevant laws and regulations. So you give that assurance to that person to say, uh, you need to comply with one, two, three, and then to ensure that when the tender goes out, you are the one that should know the tender tendering process, how it you go. The mm. person will give you what needs to be done. Mm. Then you assist them to do a tender document.
0: Oh yeah, now now the light is on on my end <laughs> because um, does that mean that you work with quantity
1: surveyors? Uh yeah, you work with different um, different people. So if uh, the field, uh, if the, if if whatever that needs to be. Procured, mm-hmm. it's in the space of a quantity surveyor. Mm-hmm. For 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 example, I've worked with electrical engineers. Sure, I've worked with um, different types of engineers that um, based on the needs that they need to do. Sure, you work with um, communication people that needs to procure your printing documents and mm-hmm. so on and so on. Procure training, so you work with different.
0: Oh, yeah, you people. work different sectors in within the uh, your within your, your space of work. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting. I think uh, for me, I was just trying to kind of like pushing you to where what I do, which is uh, electrical engineering. So it, it, when you said that, okay, you make sure that it, the plans, um, the, the manager sticks to uh, the process without having to,
1: to, to do any kind of fraud or maybe shorthand themselves. No, basically what you do, what I would call it, is you guide them through the mm-hmm. process sure. so basically they will know the technique what, what needs to be done mm-hmm. if they were for example running their own company they could have done it alone because there's no those these laws that apply in government mm-hmm. so you basically hold their hands to ensure that they can comply with all laws and regulations so you you are in the same team you're sure. just your role is to make sure they comply mm-hmm. so they need to give you what they need to do then you review those things and ensure that they are in line with the there. Nice.
0: So what informed uh, you coming to Cape Town to <laughs> to do? Was it the procurement what what informed you coming to Cape Town?
1: No, ba- basically when I came to Cape Town I was still working at AG. Even when I came to Cape Town I was still working at AG. I sure. just moved to offices. Mm-hmm. I was still working there. But yeah, basically for me it was um, career opportunities. Because the issue with Joburg as much as we love it is that it's overcrowded. So there's few opportunities in Joburg, But when you... So the further, the further you go or you leave your, 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 your place of... Com- so getting out of your place of comfort mm. normally brings better opportunities. Mm. And uh, being away uh, from your usual place and getting to a new space, it creates a different thinking. Because you need to change your thinking process because you need to adjust... To the new environment. Mm-hmm. And the new you might be might might bring better opportunities. <laughs> so yeah, basically it was more of a career choice rather other mm-hmm. than anything.
0: And then how do you find
1: Cape Town? Besides uh, the weather that keeps on changing and so <laughs> on and so on. Yeah. I think yeah, Cape Town it's a fairly a good space. Um it's a good space, but I'll still say Cape Town is nice for visiting, not for staying. Because um, Almost how the city is um, structured. It's more of a tourist destination rather than um, a, a home. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's not a place where I will say I will retire in Cape Town and so on and sure, so on. I'll need sure. to go to a quiet <laughs> space and so on and so on. Yeah, yeah you know.
0: that's 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 what most people say uh, that Cape Town is not really uh, uh, a place where you want to stay, but it's more of like a vacation type of place where you want yeah, to spend man. vacation. And I mean, for people like us, uh, we have been, we have done varsity and working here. Uh, There's a joke that usually say that uh, the fact that I work in Cape Town doesn't mean that I'm always at the beach. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, I think that's that's
1: that's cool. Um, Concerning, um, you know, you know, the funny thing is that um, since this year, I haven't been to the beach. Are you serious? Yeah, because I, mean, I stay here, so I don't see anything appetizing about um, exactly going exactly. to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think most people they don't really understand that. Like, uh, you can spend like in a year, you can just go there once or
1: twice, yeah. and it's you don't when like, it's hot or something. When it's hot, there yeah. should be uh, some occasion or something. You don't. Normally, Have you yeah.
0: done um, Table Mountain,
1: I think since I came to Cape Town, I've only went there once by hiking. Nah, I'm not a hiking person. There are <laughs> a lot of snakes there. No, there's no, there's no snakes, man. <laughs> no, man. I, I, um, when I was still an auditor, I once went to. I think I went to Table Mountain. I think I went to verify some assets there. Sure. Yeah, there, there's still a cobra there.
0: I said I'm never coming back here <laughs> to hike, So. I think that was the one which is making you not want to, <laughs> to yeah, go so up there. Uh, yeah. I think most of the time when you're when you're in Cape Town. Uh, mostly you don't do like all the tourist attractions because, I mean, this is not a... You know, you're not on holiday. You're actually doing life <laughs> this side.
1: That is true. That is true. People yeah. that are in Jobek also... There are a lot of places to see in Jobek, but the people that are there don't know those places. Exactly,
0: yeah. exactly. And and usually people say that uh, I know you, your town more than you. <laughs> no, that's So true. maybe getting into... Um, I, I don't know if we're finished. Are we finished with the procurement side in terms of what you do
1: um I think we can just dash it later on if something on comes that up. That so Okay. So um maybe uh let me just maybe maybe the, maybe I'll just explain to you something that I always explain to people how the tender process works. Okay, because sure. people always assume that um the you know that name that they normally call people that do business with government, the tenderpreneurs. Tenderpreneurs, so yes, yeah, sure sure. That's I don't really like that stereotype that people do uh, give because it's more disrespectful to the people that are doing business with government. Okay, because there are genuinely there are corrupt people that do that do their corruption, with, which which happens both in private and public sector. Mm-hmm. You can't really single out one um, sector. Uh, if I give you, f- for example, an example, if you look at um, big corporates. Mm -hmm. Let's say, for example, all government entities need to use a bank account. Okay. Do you know that um, bank accounts are also through tenders? For them to make a bank account, because there's no one bank, there are a lot of banks. Oh, sure, 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 sure. sure. So they need to then go on a tender process, and banks need to tender.
0: So, okay. Let's say you have a bank account. So let's say, for example, let's say, for
1: example,
0: um, Trustnet has uh releases uh what do you call this? RFPs and so on. the the tender. Yeah. For banks to so that they can so that transnet stuff can be done through whatever bank that wins. Yes. So it's the same thing as Yeah RFC. they can't just
1: go and say they like F and B, they like Absa, they like what they need to release a tender. Same applies on data and so on and so on. You can't just go to Vodacom or MTN. You need to release a tender and say I want one, two, three. Mm -hmm. And they need to tender for that.
0: And that's more of like a contract as well, right?
1: Yeah. No, it's a contract with most of banks. I think, if if I'm not mistaken, the maximum you can do is five years. They need to do five years. And every five years, go back to the market again for banks to tender. And then where I was going is that, why don't you call banks tenderpreneurs? Mm. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. Uh, I like like where you're going with this. (laughs) So, yeah. So, basically, what I'm just trying to explain to you is that, the government budget is between 1.5 trillion and two trillion.
0: So, so wait a minute. So, when you you are working for the government like that, right? Mm. Are you doing all these numbers, uh, like playing around with all these numbers of different stuff?
1: No, no. What What depends is that this figure is based on what SARS collect and uh, what the Minister of Finance, when they do the budget speech, gives mm. us. Mm-hmm. But it will be divided into different spheres, so you get your pie, uh, uh, your piece of pie. So you won't really work. That 1.5 trillion doesn't go to one entity; to go to different. But if wh- where I was going is that, if you are going to spend 1.5 trillion, where where should it be spent? It means that it goes to businesses. Mm-hmm. So who wouldn't want to get um, a share of that money? Because that is bis- the that's, that's a big uh, biggest contributor to the economy. Mm. So there's nothing wrong to do business with government as long as it's uh, on board in line with all uh, in line with all regulations and so on and so on. Uh,
0: I'm not sure if you're at liberty of talking about PRASA. I think there was a time when I saw you doing
1: some PRASA work. (laughs) Nah, nah, I can't because of confidentiality clauses. Because when you you audit an entity Mm -hmm. you sign what we call uh, a declaration and so on and so on. Sure. So you need to then uh, sign and commit that I'm not gonna disclose, disclose, disclose and so on. And so on. I don't sure. have money. If if I had money to to pay for the lawyers to when <laughs> I am sued for yeah, disclosing sure. that, yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, I can't talk about the detailed information of any of the entities I audited. But yeah, I was privileged enough to audit different uh, departments, national, provincial, public entities, and also. Uh, municipalities and so on, yeah. But you get to learn different aspects of it. Some of the times you do understand their challenges and so on and so on. You look at the media talking about something, you're like, Mm. I wish I can comment. Sure. But oh, but you can't, you can't really comment because yeah. you've already
0: done that. Oh, interesting stuff. So um, because I mean, like, um, okay, let me not push it. I can't keep on talking about prasa as if <laughs> 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 So, so when you're working for the government, like maybe we can just start talking about corruption because this is what I wanted to talk. Ask you. I said I'll ask you later, right? In terms of corruption, because um, how how much if if you were to if you were to gauge in in in, in percentage-wise, right? How much of corruption do you think is happening in percentage? Like, maybe according to you, maybe in the, in the nation, or maybe according to what you have worked with, and you're like, okay, I think I've seen um, 75% of corruption, or it's actually lesser than what people
1: think it is. So, the issue with corruption is that you only become aware of what has come out. You don't know what... didn't come out. So... you can only... basically... let's say you are... looking at one rent... and you only assessed... uh, 30 30, 30 cents. You're only going to know what... you can only be sure about the 30 cents... that you look at. The 70 cents... you can't really say anything. They might be... or they might not. Mm. So... but obviously using um, uh, uh, extrapolation method. You basically say, okay, on the issues that I've looked at, uh, 30% of them have issues. You just then extrapolate to the whole population and say, okay, it means that in the whole population, 30%, uh, it's it's corrupt. So, definitely, it might be more than what uh, we know. But, yeah, it's 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 in both public and private sector so the issue if we need to tackle it we shouldn't um ring fence into government we need to uh look at why is our country corrupt is it maybe the values that we have as a as a, as a country if it is that then we need to then look at instilling the integrity within our children and our um, our 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 our, our, our citizens, so that everyone plays their part and understand that it's wrong because if you repeat the same thing without addressing the issues, people normalize doing what is happening. It doesn't matter whether it's wrong or right. But because it has been normalized, people will think it is correct. So, both private and and, and government, there are uh, issues. If you look at your stay in half, that is private entity. There's a lot of of money that was lost there. Mm -hmm. So, it's just that in Private sector, it is difficult to know the corruption because they are their record are recorded, not that public. Decision making, yeah, process and stuff, yeah. The, the laws that apply to the government don't apply to them. So the only time we find out is uh, when someone whistle blows and so on and so on. Mm. But in government, because of uh, the transparency that yeah. happen, it's easy to 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 identify issues.
0: Oh, that's that that's int- that's very interesting. And then with, with that said, would because I'm trying to get a, get an, an idea from someone who's actually, because um, corruption is something that everyone just throws, a, it's a way that everyone just throws around, right? So if we were to give a percentage out of 100, okay, there's 100% um, corruption in almost every deal, or there's 30% corruption that I have encountered in my
1: work. So what's your feel uh, on that? it's difficult <laughs> to give that figure. <laughs> sure, Because every situation, it's unique from the another one, and so mm. on, and so on. Because it's, 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 it's even difficult. That's why not all irregular deals are due to corruption. Because as I was told you, it's when you don't follow laws and regulations. Someone might have just made a mistake and not follow something. Oh, Therefore, it, it doesn't re- result in corruption. Because they didn't really have an intention of stealing or mm doing Doesn't fraud, issues, and so yeah. on, and so on. It's, 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 it's where, let's say, for argument's sake, National Treasury says um, advertise a tender for 30 days. You go there, you advertise it for 15 days, mm. without necessary approvals. When auditors come there, they will say it's a regular expenditure. But mm. there's not really corruption there. It might have been someone that didn't know that you need to advertise for, for, 30 for 30 such, days. and then mm. you go to the same space, someone intentionally there, and when they fraudulently, did things, and so on, and so on, and that is corruption.
0: Mm. Mm, interesting, I, I think. Um, the reason why I just want, I was just trying to press a bit on, on corruption is because it's what it's like the next buzzword that everyone likes talking about, other than the government is corrupt, the government is corrupt. So, I think maybe the way that you explain it, it's also bringing in light that there are procedures that are supposed to be done. And maybe some other people are are eating in a different way, but um, it's also still corruption, but in the in the sense of corruption it's not just corruption there's also human error that's also happening
1: yeah human error can be corruption so but the corruption is there in, okay. in, in, in as we we can see we all watch that the Zendo commission people are in cause, they are convicted people mm. you saw on COVID um p uh, p e scandals and so on they is there but to equate all the irregular expenditure that reported that that is all corruption, it would be wrong because in terms in, in that there are those irregular expenditures that are not due to corruption but due to error and so on and so sure. on. Interesting
0: stuff. And then
1: um how did you get uh,
0: not how? Um Where does your love for food comes in and cooking? I I know you like uh, your your meat (laughs) and stuff. Where does that one come from?
1: The the funny thing, I don't eat a lot, the funny thing. So what happens is that um, I love traditional food. So because I love traditional food, I don't always get what I want, especially in Cape Town. Mm. It's very difficult to just... Go on the corner and get whatever yeah. you want. Okay. So that from that it forces you then to oh, yeah. go buy like and cook for it. yourself. Sure. And the more you do something, you fall in love with um, sure. them. that, so hence, uh, I normally cook different uh, things. Yeah. yeah, I'm just waiting for winter to be over and then I can start again to cook. Uh, I prefer cooking on the fire.
0: Oh, okay, okay, interesting stuff. Cause I've, 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 I've seen you on, um, on Instagram. I was like, okay, this guy seems like he has a love for cooking and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I thought maybe it was just something where, um, it, it was something that you always cultivated from from young, and then just trying to express. It's like your other
1: love, uh, besides, um, besides your work. No, no, definitely. It's, uh, food. I don't eat a lot, but I just, uh if I can say, a strange taste or unique taste that Mm. I... So, because of that taste that general public don't like because people love um, fancy stuff and so on in Mm. restaurants. I'm not a fan of those Mm. fancy stuff like your steak or whatnot. I I prefer to have your... um, your omelette, your um, yeah, sure, sure, sure. The, the traditional stuff, man, your mm. tribe and so tribe, on and so yeah. on. Your pop, those are my kind of things. If I go to mm. life grand, I won't get those things.
0: Mm. And then, um, I, I mean, uh, when you when you get to social media, yeah, I, I know you said there's something Twitter uh, to get on that. Are you on Twitter yourself? Yes, yes, I am on Twitter. And then, uh, what's your
1: issue with uh, with uh, Twitter? Um, so, yeah. So, what what happens with Twitter? Twitter is not a bad um, platform, platform on yeah. its own. There's a lot of information and things to learn from Twitter. If you use it wisely, there are a lot of people that make sense. There are a lot of accounts that when you follow, you get... Um, um, you learn... Current affairs. Current yeah. affairs, and so on, and so on. There are people that... Are responsible when they tweet. However, the Twitter is also toxic. People uh, use Twitter. Other people use Twitter to fight their own demons and so on and so on. There are people that get happy by hating other people and so on and bullying other people. So it, it is toxic if you overconsume it. So you need to protect your peace. Consume what you only want. Ignore people. You don't need to respond to every tweet that is there. Those are strangers, man, that you don't even know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) When you're walking around, you go there and uh, confront everyone on the road. So you do the same. Twitter can be toxic. There are a number of accounts that are toxic on Twitter Mm -hmm. that you can just see that these people, uh, their joy comes from hating other people and so on and so on. That's why I'm saying, Twitter, uh, it has caused a number of people depression and so on and so on. Mm. But maybe it's because of that they didn't understand that you don't need to uh, respond to every idiot that is there. Mm. Try to stay away from sharing your personal uh, issues on Twitter and so on because people tweet for likes. Generally, they come and make your story a joke and so on and so on. Mm. Mm. So, that's what I was saying when I say it's a toxic space. If not used well, mm. it might then um, worsen your situation that you are in and so on and so on. But they are, I can't say, I can't live without Twitter because that's I'm, I'm, a, I'm a current uh, a first person. Mm. I get a lot of early news on Twitter and so on, unfiltered news because when you rely on the media, they, remember how someone says a story
0: driven agenda
1: yeah it can have different uh message same story can be told by di- two different people mm-hmm. and uh, come out a- a- as a different story sure sure so when you read the story from the source or when you watch the person making the speech there you then have unfiltered um um a- 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 story and then you make your own conclusion without someone summarizing it for you mm. so that's why I'm still there but otherwise if it was not for that, I don't think I'll be on Twitter because the the space is toxic. If you look at the trends, there's always someone uh, praying for someone's downfall. Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. And then um, uh, do you wish for us to go stay in Mars?
1: Uh, to be honest, when you look at Mars, I don't know when we still have been explored um, Earth to its full potential. Why would we want to then start another journey. I don't I don't believe in a... I believe in finishing something that I've started before I can do something else. The next project, yeah. Yeah, I'll give you a simple example. When you buy a six-pack of water, do you open two bottles at the same time or do you finish one and then open the second one? Yeah, yeah, I get you. So yeah. the same thing. If there's still potential in Earth, Earth will be bottle one. Why do you want to open bottle two? Unless if whatever you're looking for there, it's not in bottle one. Mm. So you can open water and open... A soft drink mm-hmm. because those are two different things. Sure, sure. So yeah, that's my view on that. I don't I don't think it's necessary, but <laughs> I'm I'm just an accountant. Yeah. I wouldn't know the other technical <laughs> stuff.
0: You know the reason I'm asking that is um, I saw you had Jupiter on your on your thing.
1: <laughs> You're showing Jupiter. Uh, no man, I just love nature, man. Um uh, mm-hmm. I just saw the picture. Um it shows that uh, how beautiful uh, the world is and so on and so on, but mm-hmm. Uh, the technical side and so on and so I on. I
0: thought I thought you were uh, part of the guys, the Elon Musk guys, who like uh, going out in space and uh, exploring the world like that and uh, studying a new generation in a different planet and stuff.
1: You know the funny thing there that uh, this is, I don't remember who I saw on Twitter. You once said, uh, "Kinda Elon Musk is a tender premier in America there, because." Okay. That gig of going to a um, uh, uh, space there is the American government that is normally paying. Yeah, yeah, yeah the funding. Yeah. It, so yeah. basically, he's a tenderly near there.
0: Interesting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you must have American money. <laughs> Taxpayers money. Yeah, so. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you so much, man. I, I don't know if there's anything that we need to touch on that I feel like we've touched most of the
1: stuff that we said we want to talk about. Okay, maybe mm, if I can just think of... It can just be the other. Yeah, the other thing that maybe is very important is that the working between working in government or private sector because there's always that debate that people say. Oh, okay, sure. Working in government, it's a career suicide, and so on and so on. Is
0: is that is that for, for you guys as a procurement officer?
1: No, no, uh, general. Oh, general. Oh, you mean general? Yeah, I'm okay. general. Because mm-hmm. I can ask you now to say why the, would you go and work in government? Mm-hmm. What's um, probably you gonna say uh,
0: no, I think I think for me I just need uh, the reason why I would go for government at this point is just to to see how things are done on the other end and but I, f- I feel like uh, I can't I can't really have a lot of comment on it because I've not really worked in a government um, industry but uh, most of the time you hear that i don't know it's very slow in the government people are not really doing anything and it's like there's no work, and depending on where you are working. So it's like you just get your money, you get all your... What's the word? You get your... Benefits and so on. The benefits, yes, the benefits, your house of benefits, car loans, all this other stuff. So it's just for, for me, just to see, okay, like to see it for myself, it will be nice. So what's your opinion on that?
1: Ah, so that's one of the stereotypes that Again, I feel it's disrespectful to hard-working government workers that are there, starting from, if you go to public hospitals, those doctors are government employees. So if one goes there and says government employees are lazy and so on, you are basically saying even those people. So what I'm just trying to drive is that in every environment, there's always bad apples. Mm-hmm. But then it doesn't mean we should generalize all those things because there are hardworking government employees that work. Hence, other departments perform, and so on. Others don't perform. Mm-hmm. It is there even in public se- in private sector. There are companies that are being liquidated on a daily basis. But you don't then go and say public sector. I mean, uh, private sector people are lazy, and so on and so on. So I think in government it depends where you are. If you got get good leadership in the entity that you go to, you will then go do well. There is career growth there if you really do well because of the size of the government. There are a lot of opportunities within the space. If I give you a space, uh, I'll give you a space. Let's say even if it's in procurement, how many entities are procuring different things? So you can move around to different mm. entities and, and, uh, and entities. The only downside with it is that uh, there's, there's a slow growth in terms of uh, salary increases if you are stagnant in one position because, you know, there's always an issue, cut cost, cut cost, and so sure, on. And so, sure. so. so that is the, uh, maybe the downside. To get an increase, you need to change jobs and so on and so on mm-hmm. because, uh, because, of, because of the size of, <coughs> of the entity. So, but if you look at the other uh, thing that maybe for me gives me comfort is the level of satisfaction that I am contributing into building and improving the lives do. of ordinary South Africans there. Mm-hmm. Not only the elite, but the smile that you have when you have delivered service to a poor community there and then people just being here before. Having um having sanitation Mm -hmm. and water and so on and so on. It's so fulfilling for me Mm -hmm. those things, considering that uh, you're from uh, a village. So also the other thing that is developmental is that it's easy from the government's point of view because they've got enough budget to empower people to study further and so on and so on because if you want to study and you are area of um, studying, it's relevant to whatever entity you are in they're likely to support you to study further and sure. grow yourself and therefore you can uh, 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 grow your career and uh, lastly the stability within uh, your life and so on COVID has shown us that private sector is not always uh, <laughs> green yeah. and so on and sure, so on. sure. Because government uh, employees, not everyone was at home not working. We managed to work from home Mm. uh, throughout COVID. Even now, we are doing hybrid working and so on. And everything, the service is still being delivered. Mm. So that stereotype, it's wrong. It shouldn't really be there. It's all up to the person if you want to contribute and so on and so on.
0: I think you touched on a, a matter that I always like asking my guests in terms that the, the part of of salaries and how to to set yourself uh, to 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 getting the the most of uh, from your what's the word the getting the most from your from your job. So what do you do in order to 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 not only because it's, it's not just about getting more money, but it also. To set yourself career-wise. So, what what should what would you advise someone from varsity to studying studying um, uh, procurement work or auditing work in terms of how do they pace themselves so that they can they can get uh, the best out of the
1: their career? Generally, yeah, this doesn't only apply to my space of work. Everywhere. If you are a young graduate, you don't yet have responsibilities and so on and so on. Don't follow the money. Follow the job that will give, expose you to more areas. Because you're from school, you don't really know much. Well, you'll you'll be shocked when you go out to the market. You realize, no, I don't. I thought I loved this. Actually, I love X and Y. So follow um, a job that will expose you. You are still young. At uh, from the age of you normally, if you let's say graduate 22, 23, 23 yeah. for that five years, you should be able to be setting yourself up as a career person. You shouldn't be following money. After that, that's when when you want to apply, you'll see that I qualify actually to a lot of jobs because of the experience I've gathered. Mm. But most of the people that just follow money, they get stuck in the same position because those position, the reason some of them gives you a lot of money is because. They're trying to attract people to get in there, but later on, the person that went to do for stipend and so on, it will be way above you, and then uh, and in terms do. of salary. So follow follow opportunities rather than uh, money. As much as money is important, but at that age, I don't think money is yet a decider for you.
0: I, I like I like that point. Um, I think this would be a real. <laughs> that's a that's a sound bite right there. I think I like I like that point a lot because um, I think I've I've always thought that okay uh, you can just push money, but also exposing yourself to more stuff allows you to to be competent. Because uh, when you are saying that, I was thinking of information. It's the more you know, the more you get paid. That's how it works, right?
1: Yes. So basically, what I believe in is that my best assets that I have. You ignore all material stuff that are, are there. The best assets that you have that even if no one can take it from you is uh, your, your mind and your knowledge. Mm. So what you do? Acquire the knowledge and then use that knowledge then to acquire material things. But the best investment that you can do for yourself is to invest in your knowledge.
0: Mm. Awesome. Um, anything else I I, I know I, it sounds so funny because usually I have like a lot of stuff that we need to talk about but I know that there's also stuff that we said that we are going to talk about so that's why I'm asking is there anything else that we need to talk about so that in case we just um, make sure that we, we, we cover everything if we don't then we can just always have another one as well
1: no maybe lastly the, the one that is always close to my heart and it's very headful, is the unemployment sure because we're currently sitting at uh, 33%, 33 point something. That means that the people, if 100 people are eligible to work, we've got 33 out of that 100. Okay, let's just say 10 wants to work, three of those people don't have uh, a job. Mm -hmm. And the expanded definition, it's at 45%. The Expanded Definition of Unemployment. Okay. It's at 45. Yeah, because so I think I
0: had I something like 60s and 70s.
1: So no, nah, if you go to youth and so on and so on. Oh, okay, sure. But this is just general everyone. So the de- I normally work on the Expanded Definition. Expanded Definition, so in the normal unemployment definition, the 33%, they look at people that are actively looking for a job. It's someone who wakes up and says, I'm going to look for a job. Oh, On 45, I see. it includes... On the 45% of the expanded definition includes people that have given up. So they have someone, for five years, they go every day to look for a job. At some point, they say, hey, I'm done, I'm over this. And then they then don't count in the official definition, definition of, of unemployment, which is wrong. Mm-hmm. Because it should include both that are actively looking and not looking. Not because looking yeah, the fact, the they're fact looking. is, they're eligible to work. They've given up from looking for jo- for, for a job. So uh, it is a concern But we should move away from that idea of looking for problems. Rather, we come with solutions as youth to say, what do we then do if things are like that? It's clear that companies are not, I mean, the economy is not growing at a rate that graduates are coming and now people are looking for jobs. Mm -hmm. So it's it's, it's, it's a space where it needs our innovation as young people to consider alternatives, to say what else can I do, and so on and so on. That's why if I look at my other passion is farming, which I think at some point when I decide to stop working, I'm going to farm. So those are the things that as youth, if I can't get a job, consider if I've got a small yard there, backyard and so on, consider doing backyard farming and so on. Sure. Beside just farming there, you can do those things and sell in informal markets. And then also you are gaining knowledge by yourself. We've got access to the internet. you YouTube about to farm one, two, three, one, two, three. Not everything is capital intensive. But from that knowledge that we have acquired there, if an opportunity comes for you, Mm -hmm. if you look at Limpopo, we've got access to a lot of land there that you can just go and say, I want Mm -hmm. one, two, three. So you can pretty start there and so on and so on. Because those are the opportunities. The time to just sit and say, uh, government, private sector, create jobs. I don't think we are really going anywhere as youth. We need um, some creative ways and so on to uh, uh, then create jobs. The other thing that maybe is very important is that where we are, I think we are sleeping on ourselves. If you look at the stock fell market, it's in billions, man. If, I don't, if I'm not mistaken, stock, I think it's fine. Stock fell, you mean the one which we just do group? Yeah, the stock fund, uh, you group every month, you pay 500. Sure, sure. They say the market is in billions, man. I think if I'm not mistaken, it's 5 billion. So why don't we move from immediate consumption where we save to buy grocery in December? You go there, you find people buying uh, 10 packs of washing powder and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Some uh, some crazy things, man, like uh, t- uh, 10... Five, um, uh, 10 10 kgs of rice and so on. Why don't we move on and move away from that and use that money then to create something that is sustainable using that money. Imagine Mm. if that even if it's not all of it, if that half of 5 billion is invested back into the economy through an an asset that will give returns and so on and so on. If you were to for example, you go there farm with that 2.5 billion, the returns uh, come from that, we can then grow from those things.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's, it's very true. Um, I'm also part of. Uh... Okay, let me not. Uh... Okay. but I think you're right because the other thing that I'm thinking of is what FNB did with the, if you wanna own a a place, you can come. Ten people can come and meet, and then you yes. can buy buy either property, and you know you're doing stock fell together, and then all of you guys are just contributing towards that that property, get someone to stay there, or you become a developer as a group of people. I think uh, you're right to say that uh, we can do a collaboration of some sort. Um, But I think in a sense as well, there's also, uh, because this is money. Uh, Some people always have money problems. Uh, Imagine you're doing a stock fail and then two people can't pay because of whatever reasons, retrenchment or whatever, that could be a bit of a sucker punch as well.
1: No, what do you generally do? let me just give a more for an example. Let's say it's 10 people. They've got, after they've paid everything, they've got 10,000 available. Yeah. You go there, you say every month we pay 10,000. In December, you've got 1.2 million. You can go buy a property or two. Then you rent it out, it also pays you back. Imagine you do that process for 10 years. You can have uh, 10, 12 properties. Two. Eliminate against the risk of um, someone not affording, not and so on. That's why there's no shortcut in paperwork. You need to then have proper legal advice and so on and so on. Put those clauses there that covers in cases when someone defaults and so on. So so that their share of um, it's more like a man. Their share, mm. your share is based on your contribution, contribution and, so yes, and so on and so on. That structure can be, can be done yeah. if uh, you followed expert advices and so on. The problem with us, we don't like paying for such advices and so on. That's where we go back to that knowledge is power because there sure. are people that invested in their knowledge yeah. to be able to give you such advices and so on and so yeah. on. So we need to be able to stop that saying of we're friends. Let's go put everything on paper so that even if you don't default, tomorrow you pass on. What must happen? So you mm. need to have those things to say. If someone was to pass on, this is um, how, the, how this it should be done, be. and yes, so on yes. and so on. But those are the things that complicate good things because you can't say we can't do something because what mm. if, what if, what if?
0: Yeah, I think I like I like the uh, what you're saying because um, uh, f- what I, I had um, a corporate attorney uh, uh, on on my, when was Monday. Monday was just Monday this week. This week, so what happened with that uh, on that conversation? It was what she does is she writes down. She writes down how an entity has to work. It's almost like pro- procurement work, in a sense. Because I think uh, uh, what she does is she makes the, that each and every entity, whatever the dealings that they're doing, they are doing it within the law, without having to cut. Any, anything so to bring that you can find that we have so many professionals let's say for example if that thing something like that was to happen i already have you as a procurement officer if i bring it in we already have a as a lawyer so which means if we're doing business that way you guys are already representing the company of whatever stock fail that is being done to create whatever business that you're doing.
1: Yeah, so the other thing that you do, remember if you are, let's say you're, as I was saying, the 10,000 thing. If you go in there, what you can do is do you diversify the skills of people that are in there. In addition to money, you then, you guys give back through different skills that everyone will have a different skill that contributes to that entity. Sure. And therefore, everyone comes. Uh, there will be someone who is in a te- in a tax uh, industry will come and do at yeah, the taxes. Someone who's a lawyer will come and ensure we comply. Someone with a in property space will make sure we get the best property. Someone who's uh, in the in the in the maintenance space will make sure the maintenance is done. So and so and so. So in addition to that, you can then contribute those skills and come together because in solos you can't really. Yeah. Um, uh, maximize on the potential that uh, you have.
0: I I like I like that conversation a lot. Um, maybe we can just talk about that after after <laughs> <another laughs> this broadcast. But um, is there anything that you want you like to to say like to advise young people out there?
1: Oh, that's on this point. So <laughs> yeah, normally I'm not an um, advice uh, um person because. I'm that person that believes in one making own mistakes, owning those mistakes up, learning from them and growing from them. But there are other mistakes that you can't come back from them. So basically, maybe the advice would just be, just calculate the consequence of whatever action you do and see that if things were to go south, Would I be able to come back to the West? And, uh, yeah, take risk. Calculated risks. Take risks that are calculated, and so on and so on. And um, learn from them, and then grow up, uh, dust yourself, and then, yeah, move after that.
0: Nice. And then, um, yeah, that's kind of like all. Thank you very much for coming through, man. Um, This was like... uh, Uh, It was a beautiful coincidence, because um, just before you, I had, like I was saying, that I had an attorney who was a corporate attorney, and I see how both both these things are linked as well, right? And um, yeah, good luck with your LLB. Um, I'm sure you're going to be a very good lawyer uh, with some procurement skills as well. And you get all that guap, all that money (laughs) to secure your children and your grandchildren.
1: No, no, uh, thanks a lot. It's uh, such a pleasure to be in such platforms because you generally share the little knowledge you have and then other questions and um, things you learn and the feedback you receive from people. You learn from that and correct because one should be able to take constructive criticism and uh, learn from that and move on. Uh, yeah, you keep walking, keep it uh, moving. What's up?
0: Alright, that was Domisani Chavalala guys um, have a wonderful one and I'll check you out on the next one